a BAM Network production. What's up, everyone? I'm Damon Darensburg, and coming up next on the Combine, the NCAA, they're canceling all of their fall sports except football for the Power Five. What's up with that? Saints fans, you're not going to be able to see that first game in the Dome with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Pelicans, were they in the bubble, on the bubble, or did their bubble burst? All of that is coming up right now on the Combine. You're listening to the Combine with former sports TV broadcaster Damon Darensburg, sports gurus Will Bryant, Terrence Davis, and Trey Roby. Broadcasting live from Skyline Studios in New Orleans East, the Combine is a BAM Network production. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Combine. I'm Damon Darensburg coming at you from the West Bank. Some people are going to say it's the best bank, so I'm going to stay on the West Bank and go around the horn to some of my fellas. Coach T, I know you're on the West Bank. How you doing tonight, man? Man, you already hit on it. It's the best bank. We're holding it down in the Algiers. All right, so staying on the best bank. Trey, how you doing? I mean, Co- Coach said it best, so there, there's no need to, to add further to the greatness. That is Coach T. The one person who uh, doesn't grace us with his presence on the West Bank, but we're going to go to where he is out in Lakeview. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing outstanding, my man. I only go to the West Bank for golf. So outside of that, I don't know what y'all have to offer, but if you say it's the best, it's the best. Well, I mean, you know, you should come over here a little bit more and and, and check out more than just golf. No, no, no. <laughs> we already good with that? Nope, nope, not happening. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll stir up the pot a little bit early, so uh, we're going to go ahead and continue to stir it up. And, and fellas, uh, you know, just in this situation that we're in, um, you know, we continue to just see the things that, that – you know, different entities, businesses, people are struggling with, and, and sports uh, is one of those entities affected by COVID and just continuing the struggle. So, you know, in staying with that, college football, college football, uh, uh, Mark Emmert announced today that, you know, they're going to cancel the fall championships for a number of sports. You already have the, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 conference. They're not going to play. Um, you're not going to have fall championships in, in the division two. And it's just, you know, as this and thinking about it, because if I, as I think about it, football doesn't seem like it's going to be okay for the power five conferences, except for the two conferences that, that I just announced that aren't going to play. Like if you're the sec or the big East, how do you play football? And then on the other side, Mark Emmert and, and, and uh, Will, I'm going to come to you with this. You, they, they wrap it around the guise of keeping kids healthy and they're concerned about, you know, COVID spreading. And we know it's a money thing. And I know you're going to throw some of that in there. But how do, you, how do you do that? How do you say it's okay to have football, but these other, these other sports they can't play? Okay, so I, I don't want to make it, and you know how we are. We try to keep politics completely out of what we do on the combine. We but- try. This is a situation where politics is going to rear its head into it simply because of this. You've got your liberals and you've got the people who always say like down south, you know, what's down south and our football is king. And, you know, mostly down south is considered on a Republican side of things and, and thought process of how they think things. And from our president on down, our president, everybody's saying, let's get back to normalcy. Let's get back to normal. Let's play football, blah, 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 blah. Then you got the Midwest and the West Coast, which generally slants more towards the other side. And those guys are saying, hold on a sec, let's be a little bit more cautious here. Let's think this thing through. And then the Big Ten and the Pac-12 went ahead and shut things down. So that to me was something that was almost eye-opening as a guy who doesn't really pay attention to politics like that. 
to where I had to really take a little delve into it and say, well, there might be on to something here. Football is king. Football is the moneymaker. And for a university to say, let's shut it down, people have to understand the economic impact that that has. That is a significant economic impact to a university to the point where we're talking teacher salaries. We're talking improvements to the university. We're just talking, and, and these are the top, the power fives. I'm not talking about the Southland. I'm not talking about the smaller places where they shut it down. The power five, the big boys, to where if they step up and say, hey, we need to shut this thing down, then we may need to adhere to that and err on the side of caution. Nobody wants to see football more than the four of us. Nobody, man. We want to see it in the worst possible way. But we also want something done smartly, constructively, with a lot of thought, as opposed to just football. Run through the wall, it's going to knock. No, man. Let's sit down and give it a couple of ticks. Is two weeks going to kill us? The SEC is going to go off on September 26th. Is that going to kill us? No, that's fine. That's three more weeks to sit back and evaluate things and, and see how things are progressing. This whole thing about starting in the spring, that's a horrible idea. There is no, I mean, you're going to play, and coach, you know this, I'm going to play spring football and then be done in March. And then I'm going to start back up in July. And all, I'm, what? The body has no chance to heal right there. And if I'm a top flight player with a chance to get drafted, peace. I'm not playing in the spring. Are you crazy? So I think that that idea is, is a horrible idea as well. So I think it boils down to economics and I'm to the point now, lastly, I'm not mad if you decide to play. I'm not mad if you decide that you don't want to play. But I just want you to really, really, really put your heads together and think about something outside of money. And, and Coach, I'm going to come to you with something that Will said because this is kind of kind of where I wanted to go. You, you think about, like he said, you play football in the spring. And let's say, you know, hopefully uh, COVID has just been eradicated and then we're able to start football the following season, you know, at a normal time. I mean, you got some dudes, you're going to have some sophomores who didn't play it or some juniors who didn't play it, who bodies are going to be toe up by the time that second season comes around if they decide to play football in the spring and then start that following season in the fall. You also, you have to look beyond just even um, the collegiate ranks because you talk about uh, NFL combine and NFL draft that usually takes place in the spring. You know, do you, do you make that adjustment? Because now, you know, you're talking about literally, you know, something that might kind of lend over into just into that time frame and so forth. So there's a, just a lot of adjustment because you realize, you know, most of those top tier athletes would normally, you know, sit out that spring semester so that they could go prepare themselves so that they could be ready for, for a draft. So if my stock is up, uh, you know, do I risk playing a season that ends in March, then to go to a combine uh, that's in April or do I, I say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and sit this one on out so that I can go ahead and be ready. And so I think what you would find would be a lot of your top-tier uh, athletes who would probably opt out of a spring of a spring football. And, and so that has an even big, bigger impact. So, Trey, I, I consider you like the, the philosopher of the group, you know. Uh, <laughs> but just, I mean, if, if you're – if, if you play for Nickel State, you know, in the Southland, they canceled their season. You know, you got a friend plays for, I don't know, Alabama. I mean, are you looking at the hypocrisy of it? And I'm not asking you to exactly think like an athlete, but someone has to feel uncomfortable with this group of students or athletes not going to play, but this group possibly will play. 
I mean, Joe Burrow came out this week and said if, if this happened when he obviously had the run that he had, he'd be looking for a job right about now. Because people, he would not have had the year that he had, right? He, I mean, we'd be in quarantine. Um, but I want to kind of play off of what Will said earlier. This is just a product of how you look at most sports leagues, especially football, and it's dominated by African-Americans, right? You look at the NFL combine, it's literally like what, what some would consider somewhat of a slave auction, right? You're, you're measuring someone's physical physique. You're, you're looking at how they run, how they jump, how quick they throw the ball, how well they catch the ball, right? It is, it is subject historically to how uh, society views black bodies as forms of entertainment. And so when you look at how COVID disproportionately has impacted African-Americans, but then you look at how the country views African-American men, especially in the realm of sports, as shut up and dribble or just entertain me, it shouldn't be a surprise that you have a, a, a massive push of people that just want, you know, football and sports to continue because that's what y'all, quote unquote, are good for. It is, it is subject to how larger society views black bodies. I trade. That's why, that's why I call you the philosopher of the group. Cause I, I knew you were going to go there. Cause, cause th that's kind of what I felt also. And so coach, we talked about this a little bit before we started, you got Florida state that's had a number of uh, players test positive for COVID. And then you had the star receiver come out and he's like, man, y'all not telling us everything. You know, he, he's kind of blowing the whistle on what's happening. So if he's feeling like that, it's safe to say there's probably other players who are feeling like that. And like I said, for me, it's just it's mind-boggling as to how the season can continue when you know that's out there, when you know people are whispering that, man, they're not telling us everything. I and mean, we, we got people who are conspiracy theorists about everything. There's already people who are conspiracy theorists about COVID. And so now, as Trey said, you want to go up there and tear, tear up our bodies for your entertainment, but yet y'all not telling us everything. I mean, come on, coach. And, you know, if if they're trying to push for a season, um, you know, who says that they're not going to skew the numbers so that uh, it looks more favorable for them? So, therefore, they won't reveal, um, you know, certain players testing positively and so forth, or the aggregate number of players testing positively because, you know, they know that, you know, it, it may reflect so negatively that, that the push will come to, to shut it down. So I think that's what the players' concerns are that, you know, they're testing, and, um, but they aren't getting the results. So they're testing and they're not knowing, well, you know, who's positive, who's not positive, and so forth, because it looks like, you know, because uh, the, the school wants to play for economic reasons, that they are willing to um, not be transparent about the testing so that they can uh, have a favorable life. I mean, let's be real for a second, right? Go ahead. Like, we, we, you know, we're fans of the NFL, right, historically as well and present day. We've seen the league, you know, like, witness players get concussions on the field. Like, knowing, like, we can see this man is not well. And a team is like, you good? Shake it off. Or, like, let me inject you with something and you're going to be all right. And then we find out in the season that he either sprained the MCL or had a concussion or whatever. So – I, got, I think I posed this the last show that we had. If Tom Brady gets COVID, you mean to tell me the Bucs aren't still going to play him? Come on, man. I, I, Trey, you just you, you stirring up you stirring up the philosophy pot tonight. Uh, Will, it looked like you wanted to say something. No, I just wanted to say that's, that's – Trey hit it on the head. But it's, it goes back to the Florida State receiver saying, 
hey, they lied to us. I mean, they got this dude. They got players who saying, "Look, they they straight lying to us about stuff." I mean, right. And and on one hand, I want to say they're probably not telling you everything, but on the other hand, I want to say it's still the great big unknown. They really don't know. So it's easy for me to sit there and tell you something, and then you can come back and tell me I lied to you. And really, I was just telling you, I'm not really 100% sure. Because they don't know. Dr. Fauci and everybody, they don't know. So that's the one thing we do know is that people really don't know. So the one thing we do know is the NBA has proven that. If you can centralize everybody and put them in a bubble, you have a good chance of operating your product. If you don't, all bets are off. That's the one thing out of this that we can sit down and say, we know for sure that worked. NHL is working as well. Those are the things we know. MLB is not working 100%. It's working 95%. And MLB is like, hey, we're going to get an outbreak. And if we do, we're going to deal with it. And that's the other thing you're going to have to do. So, look, you understand it's going to happen. And if it happens, quarantine, deal with it. Okay, cool, whatever. So it's one of those deals where you got, you're going to have issues, ramifications, how do you adjust to them and how do you fix them moving forward? And I think that's the thing that we have to understand. We have to tell ourselves, we're going to have an issue. We're going to have a setback. It's going to happen. Tell yourself that now. Do not be shocked when it happens. So when it happens, okay, what's our plan? And that's the biggest thing that everybody is saying. I think the NCAA guys are saying that Mark Emmert's getting killed, kind of rightfully so, but I mean, it's one of the deals where, dude, do you have a plan, a secession plan in place for when something happens? Because it's going to happen. That's the thing. Well, I mean, everyone uh, says, you know, and you can play off of this trade, but everyone says it's the great unknown. But, you know, if I, that's just it. Like, I don't want to understand that kids are playing for their future and they're playing for scholarships and they're playing, but they're also playing to make money for the university. But yet, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm going to use my son's example. I don't know if I would want my son to put his life on the line with an unknown for... That's the question I wanted to ask you, D. And I'm going to pose this to the three of you guys. Would you play? Well, knowing, I, what you know, knowing what you know right now, all, all things considered, knowing how much you love ball, mm-hmm. and all things considered, would you play? I wouldn't play football, but I'd play golf. Because it's a sport you can easily okay. No, we're talking football. football. I'm sorry. We're talking football, though. We're football, talking football. No, I wouldn't play football. No, because nope. here's the thing. Like, yeah, I'm one. I'm like, it's me. But you're, I'm not – like, you have to consider people in your life. Like, yeah. my like my grandmother, my mother, like, other yeah. members of my family, my friends, right? Because I may be asymptomatic, but I have a four-year-old cousin who may not be. Right. You know? I'm just asking, Coach. Yeah, I would opt out. D? Well, I don't I don't go to the grocery store without a ninja mask on. So I I like I said and I you know, like you said, we none of us no one wants football or sports more than we do. But trade hit it on the head, everything I've been thinking since this hit. Other people I gotta think about, you know, um, other family members. I could be asymptomatic. You fool around and, you know, I'm just thinking about having, having seen my mom like I want to or having seen my sisters like I want to. I, I probably would opt out also. Just, you know, you know, but like you do that with the school says, and I don't think they would, but you never know. But the school, the school say, oh, you're not going to play. We got to pull your scholarship. Oh, no, they're there. That's already that's already come up. That's already come into play. But again, so for myself and I, I get whatever you guys are saying, whatever, if if we're in a bubble type atmosphere, 
to where Nick Saban, who came out and say, they're the safest right here. And I get what he's saying. So yeah, if we're in that type of atmosphere and I got to tell the family, I'm not going to see y'all for three months. I got to go do this. Like, I'm trying to get this bread. You know, I'm trying to better ourselves for the future. So for three months, I'm not going to see y'all. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play. That's it. That's because one, I love ball that much. Two, if you give me the safety, you tell me, Will, you're in the bubble. You can't leave campus. This, this, this. All right, I'm good. And that's it. I'm a hermit for three months. Good, Trey. But, but Will, but, but that's you as the player, right? Yeah. What, you, what your example fails to consider are the other people that, are, that could be involved well, in no, terms no. of equipment staff. What I, said. I said I'm in the bubble. Well, no, no. no, 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 no. Hear me. You're in the bubble. What about the other people that have to interact with you that are out? Right? Ooh, I'm not. I'm not leaving the, the bubble. That's what I said. If you need to, if you need to go see a trainer, we're all in the same bubble. coaches, we're all in the same bubble. But so that's that's how it works. I just, here's the, but here's the thing. I don't think that football is a realistic sport that can be insulated. I, just I agree. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. I completely agree. But the point is, and again, I, Saban said it. Urban Myers come out and said, and different folks have said it, those big money universities that have the capability, and LSU is one of those, to say, hey, we're about to build a fence around you guys, and everybody from the 100 players to the staff there, we're in this thing together, hunker down, and this is how it's going to be. I, I get what you're saying. Seahawks, I do when the Seahawks got fired today because he was trying to sneak a woman in the, in the I, Yeah, yeah. He's trying to entangle. If it happens, you got to go. And, and if it happens, you got to go. The I mean, issue I see the way out the dope. The issue I see, Will, is, you know, the NBA has it right yes. because everybody fits inside the bubble. That's well, right. In college football, you know, you know, so each team is doing it differently, you know, you know, based on economics. You know, if, you know, you know LSU may have enough you know, funding that they could test yeah. weekly, maybe even daily, yeah. you know, because, you know, just the, the money they gained from last year's success and, and so forth. Yeah. Whereas, you know, another school – you know, may not have that. You know, uh, you know, somebody at the, the the lower level of the SEC may not have the same amount of funds. So, which means that my team that I've insulated, you know, while we're at home practicing and getting prepared, then when it's time now to come for a game, well, we kind of lose the safety of that that, that insulation. What about so, the that's kids? what I was gonna say? That's what I was gonna say about the basketball bubble. But that's what I was going to say about the basketball bubble. So remember what we said about the basketball bubble and that it was the players, staff, and everybody was going to be insulated in the bubble. And what was the first thing, Trey, what did you say? What about the workers? They come and go. They go from home to back or whatever. Nah, they're in the bubble too. But they work for Disney, and that's the difference. They are at a Disney – no, no, hear me. They're at a Disney resort, right? Yeah. That's different than saying who's going to feed the team because, okay, how are you going to insulate them? They all got different stadiums all around. They're gonna go. They're all gonna play in one stadium across a three-month season. That's gonna happen. How many teams? Right. No. 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 That's the the travel. The travel's sense. an issue. Absolutely. I agree with you. No. I said that. Somebody brought up the the, the proposition. So let's see. They they fly in Friday, get tested, stay tonight, get up Saturday, play the game because they got tested Friday. So everybody's good. Play the game Saturday, get tested, fly back. My gee, like. Yeah, and who's got who's got the money to get that automatic that twenty minute test results? The Power Fives do. Tulane doesn't. Like there's certain places that do not have it. So no, that's why I say viably it's not a viable deal. I'm just saying for the sake of if you explain it to me to where we can be bubbled in some capacity as best you have, I'm in. That's my point. 
we're not talking, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about logistics, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about like the only way that this could make sense in terms of proximity is if you put those players in high school stadiums because they're close by. We, we talking about like, like Tiger Stadium is massive, right? That's one stadium. Yeah. Like Tuscaloosa is not relatively far in terms of geography, but in terms of like insulating someone, that's a hell of a drive. Like look at Clemson, like, where are you going to put these teams and where are they going to play in this bubble? Because are they going to play at the same time? And if so, where are they going to play? So that Trace, reason, yeah. I'm going to just, just add on to that because the reason why, I mean, there are a number of reasons why I think the NBA bubble works so well. But, I mean, you think about this. NBA, out of all the major sports, the NBA has the smallest playing surface. So I don't know how many of y'all play NBA 2K, but you can see a bunch of the courts built up almost like the playground. Trey, I saw you raise your hand. And you can have – you know, a bunch of different games or a bunch of different floors being used at the same time. Not just that, the NBA only had a number of teams. They didn't bring the entire NBA to play in this bubble. They brought a number of teams, so it was easier to control the environment. I think the thing that also benefited the NBA was that this happened toward the end of the season. So they didn't necessarily have an entire season to play to where they had to try and fit this in. You can't – baseball, I mean, I, I think baseball is a, is a dental floss, piece of dental floss away from being canceled. Um, and, like, and like Trey said, with football, you can't have four to five, 300 feet, 100-yard football fields lined up to where a bunch of guys can play. You, and football players, like Trey said, you got the guy for the Seahawks trying to sneak a woman in. These are teenagers and, and, and young men. I, <laughs> You confined for months. Right. Come so on, let's, man. Let's let's be honest though. Did we not think that was gonna happen in the NBA bubble? If it was gonna happen, we thought that was gonna happen in the NBA bubble. Oh, not definitely a trade for the Seahawks. It's definitely gonna happen. But salute to my NBA, salute to my NBA brothers for standing strong, baby. Hey, hey, hey. hope it was worth it, brother. Not only did he sneak in, yeah, they snuck in as part of the kitchen staff. No, I thought, she, I thought she was dressed like a player. I thought she had. Uh, I thought she had like like. So I'm talking about in the, I'm talking about in the oh, okay. bubble. They snuck in as part of the kitchen. Ain't stand. no amount of money gonna make me do that. I'm sorry. It's, no. it, hope no. it was worth it. <laughs> no, none. Oh man. man. Well, you know, like just as we talk about, I mean, money is just it's gonna be an issue with with college football, and they and they're not gonna want to give it up. So we have another COVID situation and football. Uh, Saints fans, it's going to kind of affect y'all because Ma, the first, yeah, the first, uh, <laughs> the first uh, NFL game between the Bucks and and the and the Saints, no players, I mean, no fans are going to be in the game. So how do you? I mean, as a Saints fan, Trey, Coach, what do y'all think about that? I got you. I, I'll go ahead and I'll pass it to you after this one, Coach. Um, I'm good with it. I think it makes sense, uh, at least for the time being. I, I, you know, honestly, before COVID, you know, if, or if COVID didn't happen, this would be the game that I would look forward to to see Tom Brady in New Orleans, fans going crazy. It's just like the perfect scenario. Um, again, to Will's earlier point about being in the bubble and being insulated and all this other jazz, I just don't see – I really don't see the NFL lasting like through October. I'm be honest with you. I mean, I really do. I I, I give it to October, maybe mid October, and they shut the whole thing down because so many people are gonna get COVID. Uh, Coach, what about you? 
Yeah, I, I'm okay with them playing without the without the fans. But I think for me, it's going to come down to the to the television production people. I, I need them to to take angles that really kind of you know tighten and tighten the game and tighten it down to to just the field level so that you know so that it doesn't feel like it's empty. I think that's already been covered, Coach, with baseball, the way that their broadcast hasn't changed, and hockey and, and basketball, their broadcast, broadcast haven't changed either. They've got the same number of cameras there. But what is all of this y'all are talking about with no fans are going to be at the Saints-Buccaneers game? Like, what are y'all talking about? Jerry Jones said he's going to have 30,000 people in Jerry World for their game. I mean, what are y'all – come on, man. Jerry Jones is a fan. What are y'all talking about? That's your guy, Will. That's your guy. If y'all scared, stay on the porch, man. Go buy a dog or whatever. Jerry, Jerry, you got to throw that thing out. Jerry going to have 30,000 folks out there in Jerry world, and they going to get after it. And they, I'm like, I dude, when I saw that today, first of all, haven't heard from old buddy in a minute. My man been hiding somewhere for a cool second while the movement was going on. Then he just popped his head out today to say, yo, we going to have 30,000 fans. It's 100,000. They get 25%. Da, da, da. He didn't already done the math on it, homie. They're going to put them in pods, and they're going to have them in there. Uh, I'm, just wondering why. I'm just wondering why he want to have 30,000 and watch the Cowboys go 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. Because that's money, cash. That's cash money, baby. Cash money. Hey, average, baby. Anyway, hey. so here's the <laughs> here's Cash the deal. money. Here's the deal. He saw his good buddy in the White House have a rally in Tulsa, people with no masks. Unfortunately, Herman Cain got COVID and he passed away as a result. Now, here's the thing. I could easily see this scenario transferring to the NFL because somebody wants to be defiant and say that masks don't work and that social distancing doesn't work. And then it's a, well, I didn't know. It might be a liability case or you assume the risk, all the legal terms thrown out there. But I just don't think this makes sense. And I think that Jerry is leaning more towards the advice of his good buddy uh, in the White House, person, woman, man, camera, TV. And that's all I'll say. Well, so, Coach, I mean, you, but we know how much, particularly in football, how much the crowd can make a difference when you're trying to hear signals and uh, or not, you know, trying to stop the opposing quarterback from hearing his signals or the cadence or all that kind of stuff. If you're playing in an empty dome against Tom Brady, as a Saints fan, I'm not going to say that that has you concerned, but, I mean, you're going against TB12 with no one to stop him from uh, doing his checkdowns or, you know, making it hard to hear. <laughs> well, I think uh, home field advantage uh, will be something that uh, – it's kind of out the window. So literally, hey, everybody got to strap up and uh, just strap up and play because the, you know, the, the crowd uh, advantage that normally you would have in a, a Superdome or in a Minneapolis or somewhere like that goes out the window. Well, but I, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, oh. I think it's going to be fine, though, Coach, uh, because one – I think they're going to do the crowd noise deal. They're going to pipe that in like the NBA is doing it. I mean, well, like Atlanta, like the Falcons. No, no, I mean like really, I mean like really going to do it. No, but they actually did pump crowd noise in no, like no, no, five. No, years I know, ago. but it's going to be oh. at a level to where it's got to be fair across the board, or whatever. Just like the NBA is doing it for their games, like MLB is doing it for their games or whatever. But the bigger deal, without seventy thousand people in there to suck up that air conditioning, whichever way that AC is blowing. Uncle Drew's going to be looking good slinging that rock around for the Saints. That much I can tell you. My man's going to say, what side y'all want? Uh, hey. Which one AC hey. All hey. right, we want that side. 
But, hey, Uncle Drew going to look 25 out there slinging that thing around with nobody in there to suck up that AC. I'm just saying. Hey, if noodle arm turns into RoboCop, I'm good with that. It is. It right. is. So, in Will, and bringing it up, one, you know, we don't know what it's going to sound like. Because I can tell you when I watch the NBA, I don't even notice the crowd noise. Thank uh, you. Thank so, you. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have on a game. Two, I mean, you played baseball. How much does crowd noise impact baseball? Exactly. Exactly. So if they can't make it sound realistic, um, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's gonna have an impact either way. It just to me, it just comes off as being weird. You just gonna have a bunch think, of. Yeah, I think Trey's point is valid because it's like you want to insert crowd noise for third and six. You want to. But who's going to be that? It, who's in control of the dial? Who's that moron in control of the dial who's going to be like, eh, and, you know, and do what the Falcons did? Like, nah, dude. Everybody at the same decimal. Yeah. Like, the same, it ain't no louder here than it is. And, like, stop that. Just turn it up a little bit, and that's it. You know, just to make it seem like it's, you know, it's something going on. But I love what the NBA has done with the screens up and everything, what baseball's doing with them, and what the NBA's doing with the superimposing of the fans, and, like, all of that stuff. They're being as creative as they can be, man, and making it cool. You, you see the home team has their logo. The Smoothie King logo was on when the Pels were the home team on the court and everything like that. And the Pels scored, there was a cheer. The other team scored, there wasn't a cheer. Pels had the ball, music played. I mean, they're trying their best to do it. I think the NBA has hit this thing completely out of the park. And I think the NFL sitting there taking notes. The NFL is not a dumb league. They're sitting there taking notes, and they're going to implement a lot of that stuff as well. It just seems like the NBA is kind of always ahead of the curve. Uh, technologically, when, or just just ahead of the curve, period. And I mean, curve in general. Yeah, yeah. I want to say, I mean, aren't they're like one of the first to have like you know logos and and branding on their jerseys? Uh, I just think the NBA does a great job of that. But like you said, you know, foot, NFL is is taking notes. Uh, and and Trey also said that he doesn't really think, or it may have been Coach who said they don't think we're going to get through the entire season. But I was hoping October. Yeah. But I was I was hoping to hear from from one of the uh, honorary uh, members of the Houdat Nation as to what they thought or how they thought this would impact the team's ability because y'all know the, that's why they call it dome field advantage. I mean the Saints definitely when the crowds in there they get crazy and definitely has an impact on how sometimes how the game plays out. But y'all y'all won't have unless that. it's the NFC Championship game and unless it's the playoff game. But other than that, yeah, you're right. It does have an effect. Go ahead, Trey. Oh, it's interesting how he always says something about being in the playoffs that he's never in. But anyway, Sorry. let me stop. Sorry, let me stop. When Minnesota's uh, there. Uh, hold on. Well, hold on there. Hold on there, Mr. Clean. I'm not done yet. Minnesota shows uh, up. And, all right, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. We're, we're a national show now. I'm not going to talk this local. Damon didn't say nothing, man. Damon is chill. Damon is the most chill Vikings fan I know. He's His got own. nothing to say. He came in, the, in your house and spanked you and left. I mean, yeah, but that's he ain't got nothing to say. We, we, we owe and four in Super Bowls, though. So, I mean, I, I, I that's, that's, why, that's why I'm not going to say anything. We owe and four in Super Bowls. So, I mean. I was I, not going to bring Marines, Damon. Anyway, back to the topic because we'll, we'll doing that thing again. Um, do I think it's going to mess with the team's flow? remains to be seen because there's no preseason, right? I have to lean on the idea that these guys are professionals. They've been playing football their whole life, and it's not like they don't have skill. Um, I am curious to see, like, the banter going back and forth. Obviously, they're going to have to censor a lot of that because, uh, you know, we've played sports. We've been in the arena of sports. We know how it goes. Um, I'm just curious to, to see how much they, you know, change things up. When you see a guy get hit like Reggie Bush got hit back in, uh, was it, 06? 
in the divisional game against the against Eagles. Against the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, you got hit the wind knocked out of them. Ooh. I thought like you're going to hear a lot of that. So, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens. That boy look like he ain't want to play football no more. Well, that part of it, that's the part of it that I'm really most looking forward to is like, because I'm not a UFC guy at all, but you, you flip on a UFC match with no crowd and you hear people get punched. And it's like, my goodness, Jesus, that sounded like it hurt. And it did. And I've stood on the sideline before for an NFL game for a little portion of it. And the clack, clack, clack sounded a lot different than when I was hitting people in high school. It just didn't sound the same. And you're like, is he going to get up? He's not. He's dead. He's not getting up. And they get. So that part of you get to hear that. And that will bring a different level of excitement to the game. So it sounds like the XFL. Almost yes. is, uh, you know, the, the, was like a training for this upcoming NFL season. So, yeah, yeah well, you, you brought it up, man. I, the, I'm, we're not going to get too much into UFC because I don't really watch it either. But, you know, just in this desire for sports, I can't remember who it was because I don't know a lot of the fighters. But it was the same thing. I watched a fight and there's no one in there. And you're hearing these licks. And some of these licks sound like licks that you hear in a movie. You know how they, you know, they exaggerate that for the, for the effect of the movie. But, man, some of these licks, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I mean. <laughs> and, D, I'm talking about the women. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the women. Yeah. I'm watching. Yeah. I'm watching. Two women. I'm like, my God. Woman knows what's I'm Gee. So that's the part I'm talking about. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it's, it was rough. So it'll be interesting to see, but. Fellas, as always, we didn't got through this first break with some good conversations, some good topics. But, of course, we got to take a little break before we bring back this second segment. And so just to give you a heads up, we're going to be talking about the Pels. We talked about the bubble a little bit, but we're going to dig deep into the Pels because I got some stuff I want to say. So we'll be right back on the Combine talking about your New Orleans Pelicans. What's up, family? This is Corey Ricks, and I want y'all to go out and support my new single, Can't Hold Me. Featuring PJ Martin and produced by the BMGs and Reggie Nicks. Listen, we wanted to make sure that we put some music to go along with the movement. Because Black Lives Matter. Y'all share it, like it, repost it. Let everybody that you know know about this because we want this thing to go mainstream. Thank y'all for all the love and support that y'all have been showing me thus far. I really, really, really appreciate that. Y'all be blessed, you know? Yeah. It's hard being black, cause they judge you by your color Never get to know your story, judge a book by its cover Trust me, I feel your struggle, look brother I'm from the gutter, we gotta learn to support Instead of killing each other Listen up America, all we want is justice Police steady killing us, or either they arrest us I'm just speaking my mind, I ain't trying to be violent No pressure is depressing, no more being silent Listen All of this time, all we been through Still no love Looking to stay cool and stylish in this summer heat? Shop new styles including crop tops and tank tops at shopinthenow.com. Subscribe now and get 15% off your order at shopinthenow.com. You are the heart of New Orleans, and Talk Dad Nola keeps the blood pumping with news 
culture, sports, and music from local artists. One thing you know for sure is that you can always count on us for accurate news and information that informs and entertains. You're the heart of New Orleans, and at WTDN, Talk Dad Nola, we keep the blood pumping. You're listening to The Combine with former sports TV broadcaster Damon Darrensburg, sports gurus Will Bryant, Terrence Davis, and Trey Roby. Broadcasting live from Skyline Studios in New Orleans East, The Combine is a BAM Network production. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Combine. I'm Damon Darrensburg, and we're going to pick up this second segment. We got my man, Coach T. We got Will. We got Trey. We all have about the Pelicans. We talked about the NBA being in a bubble and the Pelicans for the entire time looked like they were on the bubble or their bubble had burst. I mean, the Pelicans just, in my opinion, did not look like they belonged there. And I, you know, I have a number of things that I want to say about the Pels and I'm going to stay off Gentry for a little while at least because I know I have been harping on him from the, from the time that we started this. But Will, I see your eyes rolling. I mean, what did you just think about the Pels? And this would have been a great time to have David Wesley on now that they're eliminated from any type of, of postseason contention. But w- what are your thoughts on the Pels and just what went on during this bubble season? I – well, we would have had David on, but I think the Pels are playing or something right now, so he's got to do the halftime report. Well, yeah, let him do his thing. I was just saying, like, no, you no, know, I, I would definitely you. love to hear some NBA knowledge. Just well, We're going we're gonna to have somebody <laughs> on very, very soon to cover that. But, when, 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 but, but anyway, I think the Pelicans look like they've looked all season. I didn't think there was anything drastic that came out of being in a bubble. They looked like the exact same crew, lackadaisical, lethargic, just out here. And what people didn't, what people do understand, it's like the Pelicans didn't really matter that. The NBA basically created a spot for them to be there. And you had the quote unquote easiest schedule to get in because they wanted you against the Lakers, the one against the eight in the playoffs, Zion, LeBron. They wanted this. It was basically handed to you to go out and get it. That's the only reason they created this thing the way they did. And you completely laid an egg. And I, w- I know you're going to throw – I don't throw blame on coaches that much at, at that level. I really don't. I just look at our team – I say our team, but that dog, that alpha dog personality – that says, get on my back and let's go. And the thing I look at is what Dame Lillard did in Portland. And Dame Lillard, I don't care if they get it or not, but he basically said he, they had a birthday party for him. They sang happy birthday to him, gave him cake, and dude was like, thank you, appreciate it. Well, just remember why we came here. We didn't come here just to do, we didn't come here to, we came here to do. And that's his whole mantra. His whole deal was like, and that's what you, every team needs that guy. We have a bunch of good community guys. We have a bunch of good, nice guys. We have a bunch of good guys that bring No, we need that dog. And we don't have that dog. And that starts from Alvin. That goes to, to Zion's a nice kid. B.I.'s a nice kid. Lonzo's just, eh, I'm, he's surfer dude. He's going through the money. I mean, Drew's the nicest dude in the world, except when he's guarding you. But outside of that, he's a night. I mean, it's a bunch of really, really nice guys who just didn't seem too bothered by the fact that we're, we got this great opportunity. Let's go and take it by the bull by the horns and go run with it. Didn't seem too bothered by it. Like, yeah, we're just, you know, them in Disney. Yeah, that'd be cool. And that was the biggest problem. It was very, very lethargic. And 
just what the Pels have been all season. I thought the Pels looked worse than what they look like all season. <laughs> it was a small sample size, but I just thought they looked worse. But, Coach, I'm going to come to you because of something that Will said. And it's true. The Pelicans don't have that guy. They don't have that – that, and not even necessarily Kobe, uh, you know, athletically or talent-wise, but just the mentality. Like you said, the Dame Lillard mentality, the, the, the killer mentality. So – you know, you, I don't, you can't expect Zion to be that guy. You know, one, he was hurt all season. Two, he's a, you know, 19 to now 20-year-old kid and rookie. But, Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you don't have that guy, shouldn't that mentality somehow, somewhere be installed by coaching? I don't think that's something um, that can be installed by coach. I think, you know, we all saw the last dance. And as you see, you know, uh, whether it was a Kobe, whether it's a, a, a Mike, um, that you just have some players who just have that in them. And, 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 and teams with those type players force other players around them to, to raise their level. And so I think that we're going to have to go out and get that type player because, um, you know, when you just kind of look through, through, through our roster, uh, and Will said his best, uh, we have um, a lot of great athletes, um, a lot of players with potential we don't have anybody with that dog that kind of forces those other players to have to you know, rise to the occasion. I feel you. I mean, I, 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 I guess I'm just trying to find a reason for somebody to give me another reason to say fire Gentry. But oh. <laughs> well, I think Trey's not going to give you that, right, Trey? You're not going to give him that. So there's a couple things that I have to say about this. The first thing is I personally have a tough time just based on who raised me and based off of the men that have been in my life. I have a tough time understanding a young man who says that he wants something and does not put the work in to get it. I have a very tough time understanding that, especially when you have reached a very high uh, arena, no pun intended, such as basketball, and you have an opportunity to etch yourself within stone, within legacy. Because I care a lot about my legacy, my family's legacy, this is, we're talking about basketball legacy. So if you come in and you dominate and you somehow rise above the ranks and win a championship, to me, that's important, right? A lot of those guys on the Pelicans are too busy streaming on Twitch. Your mind is already messed up because you're not coming in to actually achieve what you came in to achieve. Dame Lillard said, was it last night or two nights ago? Put some respect on my, on my name, right? He came in with a vision and a purpose and set out to achieve it. These dudes coming in like, it's just a job. I'm here for I'm here for a check. I'm just here hooping. And so to your earlier point, Will, we need to have that dog, right? There's a Pat Beverly on the Clippers. Say what you will about him as a player. That dude is a pest when he when he gets on the court, right? Say what you will about Chris Paul. Chris, a lot of dudes don't like Chris, but Chris will get on you. You know why people don't like Chris? Chris will yeah, get on you because exactly. Chris holds you accountable. People don't like exactly. He holds you accountable. And a lot of these young cats, and I, as a young cat, I'm going to say this, a lot of these young cats ain't built like that because a lot of these young cats, they didn't have somebody to say, hey, bro, you said you want this, so let's go get it. Don't, don't sit here and say you want something and you're not going to put the time in. A lot of these cats ain't willing to put the time in and they get a surprise when they don't get the outcome that, that they get. So to, to Damon's point, they look worse. And I have a tough time seeing a point guard who's supposed to orchestrate the offense, just for lack of a better word, just not give a damn. So, and so we'll, we'll get on Lonzo Trey because believe you me, he, he looked the worstest of the worstest out of everybody who was there. 
And so when I say, when I said, you know, coach and looking for a reason to just blame him, but we often hear about culture changes. And that's the thing I was talking about, like, like not expecting him to turn someone into a dog, but it just, the culture seemed lackadaisical. The culture seemed like they didn't really care. But you got to have that dog in you, though, D. You don't just teach. You're like, you got to have That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But here's the thing. A coach ain't going to put that in you. You got to have that. Right. right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, just in terms of when I brought up, like, changing the culture, even though I'm not saying I don't expect coach to create a dog from someone that's there. But overall, that's what I'm saying. The culture of the team just looked lackadaisical and lazy. Now, if you criticize his scheme, his play on, I'm with you. But, but in terms of like master motivator, but he ain't built. He ain't like that. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah, yeah no, that's no, that's. that's that, yeah. He's a nice guy. He's an assistant coach, man. He's a life assistant coach. He's never won anywhere. He's a full forty-seven percent winner, whatever. I don't know. But D, to your earlier point, when you mentioned about you don't expect Zion to be that guy as a nineteen-year-old rookie and he barely played or whatever. I I watched every game he played in college as a North Carolina fan. I watched him take over a game as a freshman playing against juniors and seniors or whatever. And it was literally, I remember when they beat Carolina, Roy Williams said, we were in the game until Superman put his cape on. And basically he, he said, Zion decided, okay, that's enough. And he went and dominated. There's, he showed flashes of that this year. He has that in him. He has it in him to where he could just say, you know what? I'm just going to get every rebound. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Do that a game with no rebounds with significant minutes and no rebounds. That's alarming to me. And my people, my people, my sources have told me the issue with that right now is something we need to be cognizant of, we need to watch, that he is the last one to practice and the first one out the door. That is something we need to keep an eye on as it relates to, because that does not sick, that does not go with great. The great ones put in the work, put in the time. Now we're gonna give him a pass as a rookie. Well, okay, no. I guess I don't, I'm not, but okay. So that's something you need to be cognizant of. But to your point, D, and I know you want to hit beat up on a pinata. Like, well, why are you the last one here and the first one out the door? If I'm the head coach, I'm grabbing you. I'm grabbing you by your collar. But a lot of these coaches say, Nah, you a grown ass man right now. You making more money than me. If you don't want to, you don't want to do what it takes. I'm not going to say that, man, whatever I am. I, I don't understand that. I'm grabbing you like, oh, man, let's put this work in. But the old tagline, NBA, no babies allowed. So I'm not of the mindset. I'm with you on that to where as a coach, my job is directly linked to your play. Nah, That's, dog. Yes. Give me John Moran. Give me John Moran. You. But, but, but in Trey, I, I mean, I, I agree with that also. Because like you, you see that dog in Morant. But as Will just brought up, and, and I'm not looking for reasons to blame Gentry, but your my job is tied to your success. So if you getting here late or you showing up with a Big Mac carton in your hand, I need to talk to you and pull you aside. Hey, man, I look, didn't I'm, say a Big Mac carton. The man is 19 pushing 300 pounds. No, no, no. Down wait a minute. Now, a not, D, no, stop. That's not changing the narrative, man. Stop. No, stop. We're not going to get no. through it. I wasn't finished, Will. I wasn't mm-hmm. finished. No, I wasn't, wasn't finished before He's you got a chef, D. All I'm He's saying is, all I'm saying is, if that's what you're showing up with, my job is tied to yours. Like you, you showing up late or last with your Big Mac container, 
you're leaving first, I need to pull you aside and say, man, look, I'm already at a 47% winning percentage. I need, because they're, they're, that player isn't there. That player doesn't seem to be there who can say, look, man, look, you're going to be the face of this franchise. You need to get your shit together to be great. But I think that's the point that we're making about when we're talking about the dog, we're not even talking about the dog of a player. We're talking about the dog Mentality. that has the player, but that also has enough dog in them that they can go check other players. Right, right. That, that has enough dog in them that he holds the other players accountable and, you know, and do, and like I say, and call you out and say, and then, you know, hey, what you going to do about it? I get all that, which is why for me, if you want to be a coach to have a winning percentage higher than 47%, you need to figure out a way to start motivating people. Hey, you, you're a cool dude to have a beer with, but hey, man, we're trying to win some games. You know, so again, he's not that dude. So if you're not that dude, I need you to not be there. And I, you, know, you, know, you know it was coming, Will. I was going to say it. No, no, no. I knew it was coming. And again, we don't advocate for people losing their job, but at $4 million with a year left on his deal, he'll be fine. He ain't going to be starving. And, you know, no, he'll be all right. So that's fine. But I've always seen the handwriting on the wall anyway with David Griffin because Griff didn't hire you. Griff inherited, Griff inherited you. So if I inherit you, Pretty much I got my other guy in my right pocket that I'm just waiting for the right time to bring it out. So, now I expect some major changes in the offseason. I sent you guys the article early from Bleacher Report about Lonzo where the rumor around the bubble was dude was disinterested and just not just there because he had to be there. That's not a label you want affixed to you, man. And that's actually the label he had at the beginning of the season that everybody says going through the motions, remember? And then his girlfriend and the baby got here and daddy wasn't here and he started playing so much better. Like, okay, he needed his old lady and the kid here and now he's playing better. And he played better. And then the, the break hits and then he just came back. And again, that's that LA mentality. That is that complete LA laid back solve, mentality. Solve his it's just, it's just, we're just oh. chilling, man. Everything is laid oh. back. There's so a handful of guys from LA. I'm not gonna let you get off like that. Huh? Oh, okay. With Trey, and Trey, and that's that's the Trey. That's what I'm going with it because you know it could be the LA mentality. It could be you oh. know all those things that Will said. But you know, Trace, and like Trace, you said, you know, you, you you're a young cat and you're speaking for the young generation. Lonzo just seems like like he plays basketball because he's skilled at it, but he's interested in other things. Like he uses basketball because he won't rap, or you know, the guys like you say who who who's screaming on Twitch. Like Josh Hart, you're spending all this time streaming on Twitch. You need to be working on a jumper. <laughs> hold up, hold up. Josh Hart's jumper's been pretty good, but am I the only one that don't know what the hell Twitch is? I have so no idea. You want, you, want, you want to say it, Trey, or you want – go ahead, go ahead, Trey. I got it. I got it. Twitch is a streaming platform where you can stream you playing video games and generate revenue from, from people watching you play games as yeah. you develop an audience. Hold on. My boy might be on that right now. I don't even know about that. I got to go might. check it out. You better go check your credit card statement. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you for that, D. Thank they send W-2s out, so you might have to pay taxes on that. And, oh, um, Anyway, I just they, – they soft, Will. I'm not going to let you get away with, oh, you know, no, they soft. No, They're no, not- no. I wasn't getting away with anything. I was just telling you that I've played against enough of guys and I've seen enough guys from that. The, the whole thing has always been L.A. guys are different. They're just a little bit laid back, California, cool. It's be, so what New is York, Dame Lillard? He's from Oakland. New York, New York point guards are tougher. About Dame. Dean Smith. Dean Smith had a, a tradition. His, his deal. He go get point guards from New York City. They were just tougher. That's what he wanted. His I point want more Dame Lillard. But you can count it. What? 
I want Dame Lillard. I want Oakland. Oakland. That's not L.A. We're talking L.A. I, know where L- I want Oakland. Pay attention. We're talking L.A. So the guys from L.A., that, that's the point we're talking about. And that's been a deal. Gary Payton, that's Oakland. Jason Kidd, that's, a, that's different. That's a different dude. The L.A. dude has always been a different cat. Drew Holiday's L.A. Like, they just laid back. So, again, I'm not saying – I'm not going to call a guy soft because he's in the I league – Soft. And he's doing what he's doing in the league. Soft. It's just a level of caring that I Soft. see. It's just a level of not caring. So wait, time out. If Michael Jordan you did can't that, compare any time out. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> if MJ was walking around like that, you're not calling him soft. That's the big no, but it would never happen. Like that's what I'm saying. That's you just compared apples and oranges. That's, that's, the, that's the worst analogy you've ever come up with. Seriously, it ain't. It ain't. That was, horrible. That was bad. You that's the one that's not calling these boys what they are. And they saw. Well, and that's the thing. So if you think about, like, so Ben Simmons, he's a video game streamer, and he looks – how much has his game improved? So supposedly, I mean, he's working on his jumper relatively. Relatively. Right. Work is subjective. At what point there. do we say he's injury prone, though? At what oh, we point say right now. Say, right. I mean, he, again, that's a, 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 fra- a slightly fractured kneecap. He, you saw the play. I saw the play. I'm like, and just like, I was like, wait, what? Right. He didn't want it, though. He was doing nothing. He, like, he wasn't doing anything. He had a dog in him. That's just bad luck, man. I mean, is it bad luck or injury prone? I don't know. I, I just think that's bad luck. Adrian Peterson had a label of being injury prone coming out of Oklahoma. I'm like, that's one of the toughest things I've ever seen in my life. But he had a label because of a high ankle sprain. That's not injury prone. Well, okay. So, I don't know. Well, I mean, but okay, so so Trey and I, I agree. I agree they soft. I agree that they're distracted and and soft, and is that you know they're, and they're also you know, they're immature. Yes, you, yes, that yeah, sure yes. You know, Kevin Durant crying because people talking about him on on social media yeah, and just owner account. Yes, that, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. You know, so I'm I'm gonna go what with soft, but I don't want, I don't want to get too too. I don't want to get too far off 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 of, off of what we're talking about, so we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to the Pels, and and not and that's why I keep going back to the culture, you know, the Saints. Peyton changed the culture of the Saints. If you think about Hazlitt and and Ditka, and I don't even know who the Saints coaches were further back than that, but Mora. you're right. I mean, but Moore had a decent. I'm just, but they just were sad. But you think about how Peyton came in. Peyton came in, and he changed the culture. Now, football, you definitely have a larger roster, so you could have some dogs on there to say, hey, I'm going to kick someone on their backside if they don't get it straight. But Peyton and that front office changed the culture. I think Griffin is trying to do it. I think Griffin is going to do it simply because he has the power and the authority to do so. So I think it's a situation where he'll be able to come in and do it, but he has to bring in his own pieces. And right now he's shorthanded because he's dealing with the other guy's pieces. So unequivocally, Trey, you you agree with me on this one to where there's going to have to be a coaching change? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it in terms of, like, let's use politics as a good example, right? When there's a regime change, everybody go, you ain't my person. I got to bring everybody. I like him. I think there needs to be a coaching change, but also I think, um, like I say, we need to really reshift this roster. I mean, so, so, so we have Zion. But once again, he, he's a baby. You know, he, he's, he's mentally a baby. You know, now, you know, physically we see this, you know, this stud of a man. But when you talk about just the, the mental and emotional aspect of who he is, he needs on his team, I think, 
the, uh, a player that's a seasoned player that, you know, we can't look at Zion to be the leader of this team. We can look at Zion, you know, you know, to be a dominant force on this team. But I don't think right now Zion is in the position to be the leader of this team because he doesn't even know how to be a pro yet. I, okay. I, I agree with you on that, Coach. But I think he does have the makeup to be a leader. Eventually. Brandon, okay. Brandon Ingram doesn't even have the makeup. To yeah, be he don't even talk. He doesn't talk. He doesn't say, exactly. A leader yeah. has to say something at some point. Zion's boisterous. He gets out. Right. Yeah. That, that, all of that plus some good play can make you a leader. And I think eventually he can grow to be the leader. I'm talking about right now, Zion is – I don't think Zion is the person who can be the leader of this team. Coach, you said something I vehemently disagree with, and you said that Zion is a baby. And, no, he's a man that gets baby. Right? If you don't allow the room for that to happen, you hold someone accountable, right? You have to give that person the opportunity to rise to the occasion. If, if I don't baby you and I'm like, nah, bro, I ain't going for that. I need you here yeah. early. I'm not, you're, he, he is Zion a- Zion was scheduled to go to a senior prom and make. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is he is someone who is allowed that, right? Yes. He gets baby. He's not a baby. People do what you allow them to do. He's a he, look. Say what you will. He he's a he's a man. He's, he's 20. not a baby. He's no, no. I'm talking about he is a man, and they allow him to do that. He will only do what you allow. If you allow him to come in late and leave early, that's what he's gonna do. Well, if you hold him accountable, he's not gonna do it. I definitely I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly on that part, Trey. But what I'm talking about is. The fact that when I say he's a baby, I'm talking about he's a baby when we're talking about in the level of maturity of understanding just, you know, and what it means to be a pro. That's fine. What it means to as far as leading a team. So, you know, so when I'm saying I'm talking about a baby, I'm talking about he's a baby in the part that when you look at where he's at coming into this league, you know, he's he's, he's still a rookie. You know, he's, he's, still, he's, he's still a rookie. He's still a, a new player. And I think he needs to be paired with somebody who could – like a, a Chris Paul would be a great player for somebody like Zion because Chris Paul is going to teach him how to be a pro. He's going to push the hell out of him, and he's going to take, take him to the next level. I think that right now. We Chris didn't say he was coming back. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I like, I'm a Chris Paul guy, but he ain't coming back here. Nobody said he was coming back. This is a hypothetical. But, to, yeah, you're right, Coach. But a dang – Anybody in all, along those yeah. lines, a guy that can grab him and say, hey, young fella, this is how we're going to do this. Follow me. And all the great players tell you, Charles Barkley loves to tell a story, Moses Malone, grabbing him. And he had to follow Moses around. And Moses was like, look here, young fella, I'm going to teach you how to be a pro. And he had Dr. J. And it's a matter of do you want to listen and follow or you feel like you're too good for that. But you had a dog in Moses, a dog in Dr. J that grabbed him by his neck and said, look here. This is how this is going to get done. We don't have that guy here. There's nobody that's going to grab him and say anything. And, and actually, let me take that back. J.J. Reddick's a guy who actually will say something and will be boisterous. And, and is a, But again, there's only so much he can say that that's going to really resonate with the guys. The guys are side-eye him. Like, come on, man. You, all you do is shoot jumpers. Get out of here. Hey, so he's that part of it. <laughs> that part of it. So... You need that guy that's going to change the temperature of the room. That's the thing I love to say. This is what they said about Charles Oakley. When Charles Oakley and Michael Jordan walked in the room, the temperature changed. No matter where they were, 
You walk in, temperature change. So we don't have a temperature change room. It's always 72 degrees whenever they walk into a room. And that's a problem that I think Griff's going to address. And unfortunately, I think the first thing is going to be Alva Gentry is going to be out of a job. And I, I, I get all of that, but I, I do have to I agree with Trey because, like he said, and, and, and Coach, I agree with you. Yeah, he, he is a baby, particularly mentality, you know, in, you know, mentality, his maturity level. But like Trey said, he's allowed to get away with stuff. He's allowed to show up at practice late with the Big Mac container. Someone should – you stop it? Someone – That's going to come back on me. I never said that. I, I didn't say you said it. I'm just saying, but, you know, you have someone you need to have, like particularly coach. I'm not expecting coach to turn Zion into a dog, but as a coach, I mean, my boss at my job, if I show up late, he's going to say something, you know, and, and I'm, a, I'm in a position of leadership at my job. But if I show up late, I'm, I'm going to get questioned. I never said he was late. I said he's the last one there. So if practice at 1030, he might get that 1025. That's all I said. With an egg McMuffin like, in the corner of his mouth. I mean, that's just. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That's I, and that's why I blame. Man, you know, Zion gets the kids' meal. Stop that. Like four of them, Coach. I mean, come on now. I'm just. I'm just, because my expectations, but not so much with Zion. I expected Zion. I didn't expect Zion in terms of his stats to come in and do what he did. But I just knew Gentry wasn't the person. For this team, and, and the last example I have is the other, like Jaleel Okafor. We know what he was when he was drafted, and what he was at Duke. But you, in my opinion, I think he could have contributed more than Derek Favors. And I so agree. You, the you, other you, night, he gets yeah. a chance to play. The other night, and what did he do? The other night, he balled out. I agree. I've never understood this because, the, and, the, and the thing they told me was, well, he doesn't really guard well. He doesn't really. Uh, Man, look, you're not going to have five stoppers on the floor at a time. Like, get out of here with that. Zion can't guard me, all right? He can't go – somebody stop you, not going to have that. So get out of there. You got Drew, you got B.I., you got Lonzo. You got three really good defenders. And, you know, so, okay, that's three out of five. That's good enough. Stop that. I'm with you 100 on that. I never understood the Okafor thing, why he didn't play more. I'm a big fan of his. Dude gets buckets in the block. And in the playoffs, when the game slows down, you need a bucket. Go see the young fella. He can get you a bucket to get to the line. Favors, nice guy. Real nice guy. Just yeah, really I don't care about that. We, I care about maybe in the offseason. You know, we take a trip, you know. Nice but I'm talking about winning a championship. I don't care about none of that. I'm trying yeah. to win. Hey, man, how's it No, nah, man, I'm trying to ball. You can't shoot a free throw. Nice guy. Like, why is every other free throw Zion shoots is a miss? Nice guy. What's going on with that? Nice guy. Real nice guy. Nice community. Sure he's a, listen, listen, listen. Disclaimer. I got no personal issues with any of y'all. I have an issue with the heart that you display on the basketball court. Because guess what? You get paid to play a child's game. And a lot of you all are subpar at that at the highest level. That's it. I just expect so much more because I'm a fan. How much of that ball is the coaching, though? I mean, I think the coach's scheme is important, but again, not every coach is uh, Popovich. So, okay, so back to your thing about coaching, D. So assistant coaches play a major role in this as well. Mm -hmm. so my guy, Fred Vinson, mm -hmm. who gets a lot of the credit for Lonzo, Lonzo, Lonzo's shot getting drastically better. So Lonzo put the work in in the offseason. He actually put the work in, and the results are there. 
So we do know he's not afraid to put in some work. So now this offseason is going to be great for Zion to say, hey, Zion, you're going to get with coach. You're going to work on a 15-footer and some different moves and going to your right hand and whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. So those are the things I want to look at. You know how I feel about that freshman year? I care more about that sophomore year once that tape gets out on you. I get that. Well, we'll, we'll see how it goes while, while Zion is working on his game and his body and Lonzo's trying to come out with a rap album. You know, we'll see how it goes once we come back. So, Mr. Dasberg, yes, sir. Should they fire Alvin Gentry? Oh, jeez. <laughs> My God. He's Coach, Coach I'm gonna wrap, wrap it up on this. You know how we don't want to talk about anyone losing their job, but as Will said, Gentry, he got four million. He'll he'll be all right. He'll be all right. Well, fellas, as you saw, the producer gave us the rap signal because uh, we can go on and on. Me talking about Gentry needing to coach high school somewhere. But we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up this edition of the Combine. So for Coach T, Trey, Will, I'm Damon Damsberg. We'll see y'all next time on the Combine. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. It's the Combine. This has been a BAM Network production.